Father, we just thank you for this morning. We just thank you for the presence of the Holy Ghost that's here this morning. Thank you that you're here to work this morning and change our hearts and our lives. That our worship and our praise can be to you, Father God, and nothing else. That we can honor you with our, with, with our lives, Father God, ready to serve you. In Jesus' name. I want to go to uh, uh, Job for a while, but we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 6. But if you turn with me to Job chapter 1, you know, God has a message for us, amen? You notice how I say it, because if it's up to me, <laughs> I don't have much to say. <laughs> but the Holy Ghost has a lot to say. <laughs> amen? Uh, Job chapter, uh, and I want to I read chapter 1, verse 20, but I want to talk a little bit about where Job's at today. I mean, where Job's at at this point. See, the Bible states that God and the devil had a conversation. The devil came up before the Lord, and the Lord asked him, where are you going? Where have you been, devil or Satan? I've been going to and fro in all the earth. You know what he was doing? Well, he was, he was trying to destroy people. He was out there trying to deceive and lie and kill and steal. That's his job. And that's what the devil does good. He does, listen, he's good at it. I don't want to shock you, but not much, much people can, and when you deal, you deal with the percentage of the people on this planet, not much is going to make it into heaven. Because Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. But the devil is up there, and, he's a, and the Lord is telling the devil, you saw my servant Job? None like him. Perfect, upright. I mean, Job was, had a high standing with God. That God thought it needed to brag on Job. <laughs> what was so special about Job? Job had an integrity about himself. His main goal was to honor God and worship the Lord and obey his voice. My Lord, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. And his, his standard with God was high. And Satan and God is talking about Job. He said, yeah, but you know what? You blessed him. You put a hedge about him. I can't touch him. Satan was telling the Lord. Okay, I'll tell you what, devil. Take whatever he has. Come on. Satan said, you take what he has. God is going to curse you to your face. So go take what he, you can't take his life. So the devil had an opportunity. He went down there. And listen to you, he destroyed Job's life. My God. He took his family. He took his, his fortune. He took everything Job had. And Job, listen, Job was heartbroken. What is Job supposed to think? Why is God doing this to me? How many ever asked God that same question? <laughs> I'm trying to serve you, Lord. I'm trying to do what is right. You know, sometimes, listen, trials come. Sorrow comes. I don't like to preach that stuff, but it's going to happen. It's impossible, Jesus said, a tribulation will not come. But woe unto them by whom it cometh. It's better a millstone be tied around the neck of those that offend you. Come on, somebody, be thrown in the depths of the sea and offend one God's children. There is a payment and justice for touching one of God's children. So Job is broken. His life is, I mean, everything he has is gone. Nothing. No money. No children. But what happened in verse 20? It says this. Job arose. This is after his children. Everything he has is lost. He tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and did what? <laughs> he worshiped. <laughs> well, you know, that's a lot of people go to church. They worship him because things are going good in their life. They worship because they got a pocket full of money. Good job. Everything's going good. But what if God takes that away? Come on, somebody. I said, what if God takes it away? 
Could you still worship him? Could you still hold your, your honor to God and worship him with all your heart? I said last week when I was talking about worship, you know, how Paul and Silas prayed while they were in prison, stuck in a hellhole in darkness. And, and listen, you could hear the moaning of these prisoners all around them crying out for sorrow and misery. But saw Paul and Silas sang hymns to the Lord. <laughs> they sang praises unto God. And those prisoners heard them. What have they got to sing about? They're in prison. They're locked up. They're sleeping in their own dew. Their own slob. Their own... Listen, this is not a holiday. Like I said last week, like a lot of these prisons, there's no color TV, there's no air conditioning, no foosball tables they play on. Listen, this is the dungeon. But they worship God. They worship God. And the prison shook. <laughs> and if you, I don't have time, but if you read the rest of Job's story, the devil afflicted him with boils on his body, afflicted him. For nine months, Job was suffering. His own wife came to him and said, why don't you curse God and die? <laughs> My God, that's an encourager. <laughs> his own wife. His three friends came. The whole chapter of the book of Job is about these three guys coming and so say, helping Job. All they did was accuse him of sin. And Job constantly, show me my sin and I'll repent of it. Show me my iniquity and I'll get it right. They couldn't do it. They just condemned him. But at the end of the story of Job's life, I mean Job's, the book of Job, God had to tell these men, my servant Job will pray for you. Because if he don't, I'm going to destroy you. You wasn't talking. You wasn't, you wasn't coming from me. And Job was blessed, Chucky. Double what he had before. God gave him back some children. And he, he was blessed. <laughs> and Job lived a good, healthy, long life. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. We need to understand that we got to God is a righteous God. He's a holy God. To get into his presence, Job knew what, knew what that was like. Or he'd have never held his integrity. He, would have, he never blamed God once, Sister Kathy. Or he complained just like we do. I wish I'd have never been born. Would I would have died in my mother's womb. Well, you should have heard poor Job. <laughs> man, that, that man had a pity party like I've never heard in my life. Curse the day I was born. <laughs> curse I ever was. Curse they ever said a man child is, is, is born today. He, he had it, man. He was, he was in, oh, I, listen, if I'd have been in that, I'd, uh, I'd have been in the same. <laughs> but he never accused God. He never blamed God. He just wondered why. Why was he going through what he was going through? Hallelujah. Somebody <laughs> say amen or ouch or something. <laughs> but I'm starting to get a picture of why God allows these things sometimes. Could it be that God wants us to draw closer to him? Well, who's more closer than Job? But Job was tested. He was tried to see how faithful his faith was to the Lord, how, how, how serious his relationship was God. You remember, Pamela, I said yesterday, have you ever worshipped God with all your heart, mind, and strength? And I thought about it myself. I, listen, I've never come that close to God yet. I'm born again. I love him. But to ever worship him with everything in me, with every passion in my being, in my life, everything that to honor him, to worship him, I believe Job was that kind of man. Because God didn't have one thing to say bad about Job. Come on. <laughs> but, okay, let me go to, uh, I want to go to uh, Isaiah chapter 6. How many really want to get in the presence of the Lord? To really come to that place where you can worship Him. 
I, I, I tell you what, sometimes I feel so ashamed of myself because it's so easy to get distracted. Oh, yeah. I'm praying and sometimes my mind's on 50 things. And I wonder, what's more important? Those things I'm thinking about or the Lord? What's more important, my fellowship with God or my my family or my, my business or my, we could go on and on and on. We find all kinds of things to, to, to get us distracted and, and, and we focus upon all kinds of other things. Me and Janice were sitting here this morning and, and, and listen, I hadn't remembered this scripture, this, play, this, this passage in years. And we were we just singing, and I'm, I'm, we're going to get up and I'm going to sing the song that we were singing this morning, me and her. To come into the presence of the Lord, what is it going to cost us? Oh, we go to church and we sing, that's great. But if we ever been in His presence, we've experienced the power of God. I'm not knocking that. We've experienced God. I'm talking about to get where God is in the holy place, right? In the holy of holies. To go before him with worship. To go into his presence. Bypassing everything. To get in that presence. In the temple. There had a few furnitures that were set up. And, and we, you know if you read the Bible. You study the, 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 the temple layout. You get in there. And there was the, there was the, the brazen altar. Okay. Well, first you had the lever where you'd wash yourself and, you know, it was a type, to me, it was a symbol of a type of baptism, okay? Then you would look, you would look, there was, there was the uh, outer court and there was the altar. And there was the showbread, you know, to the right. And they had the candlesticks, you know, they had like, you know and that all represented the spirits of the Lord, the spirit of God. So I'm not going to get into all that, but there's two of them I, I, I want to center on. Is that, that showbread... Was, it was there every day, fresh. It was baked every And that represented the Word of God, Chucky. That, that Word has to be fresh in our lives every day. We have to take, partake of that bread every day. It was never left a week. It was always fresh every day. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. When we open this Word in the morning, when we hear it, it has to be like fresh bread. Most people that bake fresh bread know what it tastes. You, you bake and you put a lot of hot butter on there. <laughs> Look, but you can eat that whole bun. <laughs> Me and Janice used to go, where it was? And I like that, that a sweet bread, man. It, it, I don't know if it was honey or sugar on it or something. And, man, you lay that. I think it was hot. You lay that. What restaurant was that? I forgot. You know. Anyway, man, I could eat a whole, a whole <laughs> 15 loaves if you let me. <laughs> It was just fresh, man. It was, it was hot. It was fresh. And it was, the butter would melt right away. And you put it on there. And it had some sugar and, and glaze or something. Or I don't know what kind. Of, I never ate bread like that ever again. I, it was one place we'd eat it. But it was so good. And you wanted to go back for more. Give me another piece. Give me another piece. Give me another piece. That's how good it was. Boy, if we'd ever get like that with the Word of God, huh? Huh? Boy, that was good. I want another piece. I want another piece. Slap some more butter on that stuff, man. Let's get it. <laughs> and you know, I said, I said, man, this was the kind of things you remember. You know? Man, that was good. Hallelujah. The bread was fresh. And it was there every day. It was removed every day. Because the word has to be fresh in our heart every day, Turkey. There has to be a hunger for it, a hunger for the word, a, a ready for that freshness. Amen? Amen. Then they had the brazen altar. And when, what that was is where sacrifice for sin was offered. And, you know, you get there and you offer the sacrifice. And people would go, you know, and, and when, when you get into the Holy of Holies, the priest would go once a year. You couldn't get in there. You couldn't go into that holy place. But the priest would go once a year and atone for the sins of the people. Or he was a type of Christ. He would represent Jesus. All right? Man, I feel the presence of God. <laughs> that priest would go every year in, in, in that holy place. And you know what? He had to be holy. 
because he had to represent Jesus. And they would put little bells on his, 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 his garment and, and they would put a rope around his leg. So if he'd get in there and he wasn't right, he'd die. <laughs> so listen, he, if he, he, you, you stop hearing them bells, that's it. Because you see, when you're in there, them bells are <laughs> You're shaking, man, <laughs> for fear. And when he died, when, listen, if he, if he wasn't right and, and he hadn't made his, his right with God, he, he'd die and they'd pull him out with that rope. Can you, can you picture that in your mind? <laughs> and you know, he'd go, and that's what I'm talking about. That presence is still as holy today, Sister Kathy. We never could enter into God's presence if there's sin in our heart. If there's pride and lust and hate and these things that separate us from God, we can't get into that presence, right? Somebody say, you're preaching all right, bro. <laughs> what? First one says this in chapter 6 of Isaiah. Y'all got there already? In the days of King Uzziah died, when he died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. My God, can you imagine that picture? <laughs> can you imagine Isaiah looking and he, he sees the Lord sitting on his throne? Oh, man, I could preach that all day. <laughs> you imagine that? What is going on in this man's heart, this prophet's heart? He's looking at the Lord. He's sitting on the throne. And he sees the, and he goes on, he says, Lord, sit on, on high. And, and he lifts up, lifted up, and, and his train of his robe filled the temple. Now, what that is, is a train of a robe is like a woman that is married. You remember how the old-fashioned, now, now they, they ain't nothing, but, it, but they would, she'd have a train, you know. It would fill the whole church. You ever saw that, them old-fashioned wedding? And they would, somebody, little kids would walk around and hold it. You know, it, it, that was the most noticeable thing of the whole wedding. If you look at the presence and what was going on, that train filled the temple. Which that was a symbol of God's glory. Come on, somebody. My God, I don't know if you're feeling this this morning. Hey, man, the train, the glory, the train that followed the bride. That was the most noticeable Symbol, or most holy symbol. Used to women used to wear white when they get married. And I don't mind, I praise God. But that was a symbol of virginity. Purity, right? My God. And it trained feel the glory of the, of the church. I can still see that today. When I used to go to weddings, when women had that train, would follow her. Come on. That was right because it was a symbol of the glory of God. That was, that's really what shined on her. Is, you know, she, she, she's, a, she's a queen, man. She, 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 she's the bride, right? When she comes in, everybody stood up. You remember? Huh? The groom passes. Nobody says nothing. He's just sitting in the front. Nobody knows. But when she comes in, right? <laughs> oh, man. The glory filled the house. Ha. Boy, I don't know if y'all getting this. Hallelujah. But God is a powerful God. His train fills the house. The glory, the train of Christ, the bride. Amen. We're his bride, right? We're his bride. That has to have that train following us. We have to be, listen, that represents the glory of God or Christ. My Lord, man, I could preach this, man. And the robe, filled, his robe filled the temple. And above it stood his uh, seraphim, which that is his angels. Amen. Me and Boogie was uh, discussing whether angels had wings. Well, I think they did. Because if you notice, these, these angels, there were more than one. They had six of them. One. Two would cover the eyes. I don't know what that, I have to study that. Whatever. And two would cover the feet. Come on. And the other two they flew with. And when I look at the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, they, the, the cherubims were the angels that their wings touched each other on top of the Ark. 
Then if you look, if you study the Bible, you find that these cherubims were painted on the, in the Holy of Holies. Their, their wings would touch each other. It was like, like a mural that was on the wall that they were painting. Man, I feel the presence. <laughs> Whoo, Jesus. Can you see it? Can you see yourself walking into that? My Lord. See, the world can't do that. The sinner can't do that. Only the child of God. Which you today represent a testimony of Jesus. Your holiness is not yours, it's Jesus's. Your righteousness is not yours, it's Jesus. So when you get in his presence, you have to go with the glory and the, and, and the righteousness of Christ. Our high priest. Man, I, I knew the Lord was telling me that this morning. Me and Jan was just in the Holy Ghost. I said, Jan, that's what the Lord wants. We have to enter into his presence with the glory of Christ. That train has to follow us, praise God. The glory, listen, enter into worship. That's, it's like a marriage taking place. When you get into the holy place, you're united with the Father. You're united with, the, with Christ. You're his bride. Your train fills the house. My God, you're going to get it. <laughs> listen to me. If you want to have an experience with God, you got to get in the holy place. Right? When you get at that altar, that sin has to be settled. Now, you know, I, I thought about that. That altar, do, do you really trust in the sacrifice? See, if, if you wasn't, you could go to that. I see people go constantly back to repenting of the same thing over and over and over and over again. And you know what? I don't think they understand the sacrifice. Do you really trust in that sacrifice? When that, that lamb or whatever was put on, the, on that altar, that was settling it with God. You had to trust in that sacrifice. That sacrifice covered you, right, Sister Kathy? Right, y'all? You had to trust in. Listen, my sacrifice was Jesus. If I can't trust Jesus for the forgiveness of my sins, I don't know him. You understand what I'm saying? Before I can get into that place where I need to be with God and that, that holy place, I have to trust in the sacrifice first. Too many times we're staying right there over and over, offering the same sacrifice over and not even trusting and having confidence in what Jesus did on the cross for our sins. You'll never get into the holy place till you trust completely in what Jesus done at Calvary. You shouldn't have to fear hell if you're born again. You shouldn't have to be hit, fear hell if the sacrifice has been made for you. Now, if you walk away from that, that's another story. I'm talking about you living for God right now. Your confidence is in what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. I preached a message a while back on the old rugged cross. Listen, the old cross, the beam is not the, not the, the sin of worship. The sacrifice is. Come on, somebody. Those beams, those things he was nailed on was dark and painful. And it, it was a type of judgment. But the sacrifice is where we put our faith in. Not in the cross, but in the sacrifice that was on the cross. Right? right. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I, I feel this is the Lord this morning. Praise God. Now I and I just told you about the, the angels with the wings and how they covered their eyes and their feet. And, and, and what did they do? This was, these, I don't know how many there were. It doesn't necessarily say how many. But it says, and, and it says, and they went and they flew and cried to one another. What did they say, Yvette? Holy, holy, <laughs> holy. Is the Lord of, Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. My God. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Well, that makes me want to sing. <laughs> the whole earth is filled with his glory. The presence of God is filling the whole earth. How many know that when God has to repeat himself three times, he wants you to know something? Come on. Holy, holy, 
Holy is the Lord God. His glory fills the whole earth. How real is that to you? Amen? I don't know about you. I feel the presence of God standing up here all over me, praise God, because I'm seeing something, praise God. I'm seeing. What if we missed it? Why haven't we got to that place where we can understand God's glory fills the whole earth? I'm part of that, man. I'm part of who Jesus is. I'm part of, listen, everybody's worried about what's happening in the world. My world ain't here. <laughs> Jesus has it taken care of. His glory fills the whole earth. Well, the world is so messed up. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. His glory. There are people being saved. There are people being born again. There are people being healed. Lives are being changed every day. And giving their life to Jesus. Don't matter what the devil portrays on the television screen. It doesn't matter. Jesus' glory fills the earth. The power of God fills the earth. God hasn't walked away from us. This is his planet. He owns the universe. He, the devil doesn't own it. Joe Biden doesn't own it. The United Nations doesn't own it. COVID doesn't own it. Jesus owns it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can continue. <laughs> Man, I feel it. I feel it all over me, praise God. I feel the presence of God all over me. I feel the, listen, I feel it, praise God. I'm not just saying that to say it. I feel it, Yvette. Man, I feel it. It's just the glory of God. It's just the cat that fills the whole earth. What a, what a, actually, what am I that even mindful of me? That I should even be called the son of God or the daughter of God. It don't yet appear what it's going to be, but when he comes, come on. When he comes, when he comes we're going to be like him. My Lord, come quickly, Lord Jesus. <laughs> could imagine this being we call Christ. What he is. We need to take him down from that cross and, 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 and put him in our lives. Thank God what he did at the cross. Thank God for the sacrifice. But he's not on the cross anymore. His glory, feel, I feel the, his glory fills the whole earth. Amen. My Lord, his glory fills the whole earth. Oh, my. Verse 4 says, and the post of the doors was shaken. What if, what if God starts shaking this little church? Will we, will we listen? <laughs> what if the windows start shaking and the, and the place starts moving? <laughs> Do we want that kind of glory? <laughs> huh? On the day of Pentecost, the fire of God came down and sat upon each one of them. The power of God filled that place. Uh, or we want revival. Do we want that kind of revival? What God's seed is in the church. What God is here, his presence is here. His glory fills this place. My God. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. My God, I don't know. Listen, we don't have to have a whole lot to have church, right? Man, the presence of God is here this morning. I know he's here. I can feel it. When, he, when, when, when you want to worship, something is happening. We're not thinking about our chicken dinners or what's cooking at home. It's, it's just a presence, man. Just wanting to be with God. <laughs> we want to be with God. We want to be in His presence. The door was shaken by the voice of Him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. <laughs> Listen, there wasn't nothing. The only fire was going on in there was the Holy Ghost. Come on. The only presence that was filling that house with smoke was God. It was holy smoke. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> it was the presence of God filled the house. The smoke filled the house. Boy, what if we'd have church like that every Sunday? Man, we, oh, we'd never leave this place. <laughs> so the glory filled the house. So I said, warned me. <laughs> I'm a, listen, he said, Whoa. this is Isaiah talking. He realized, wait a minute here. Whoa, for I am undone. God, I have some things I need to change, God. I said, listen, I'm in the, your presence. There's things ain't right in my life. There are things undone in my life. 
Come on, Holy Ghost. Listen, I was in my sofa about three, three mornings ago at my house. And I said, God, I started examining my own heart. I said, God, I, that ain't right. I had fear. And God had to remind me. God has overcome fear. Perfect love casted out fear. And I started, I started seeing things. I said, God, this, how? and I had to change. I had to repent. I had to say, God, I, I had to get, some things were undone in my life. There are things that weren't right. I was feeling things that weren't right, and I had to, I had to correct it. It was undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. How in the world could I proclaim the gospel of the great God and of the glory that I just explained to you if I got things undone? I have to be a testimony to righteousness. I have to be a preacher of righteousness. I have to stand. Oh, Job was perfect. I've never, I haven't seen I'll ever be like Job, but I want to be in that place. Well, God brags on Lanny or brags on you or anybody. Listen, these are my children. Have you seen them? They're living for me. They love me. They're serving me with their lives. He says, woe to me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king of glory, the king of hosts. <laughs> when you're going to see God, you're going to see yourself. Come on, somebody. When you're going to step into that glory, everything in your life is going to be exposed. Praise God. Things that ain't right are going to show. You're going to start seeing this is not pleasing to the Lord. Come on, somebody. If I'm going to step into that glory, I got to get that right. I got to change. I got to, I got to get right with God. And this might be just a personal thing between you and God. It don't have to be anybody else. When we're going to start seeing God on a personal basis, things are going to change. When we, when we ain't seeing God because of what Yvette done or what I've done or what you've done, we're going to see God what we've done. How are we lined up in the Word of God? How, how is our life matching to the Word of God? For my eyes have seen the King. <laughs> my God, I can preach on that. I can preach. My eyes have seen the King. My eyes have seen Jesus. <laughs> Come on, somebody. My eyes are beholding. He's on the throne, Sister Kathy. Come on, Chucky. He's on the throne. All of y'all. He's on the throne. I see him. I see him. I see him. When you see him, nothing else matters. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Lord Jesus, help us. When you see him, politics don't matter. When you see him, all these things don't matter. Coven don't mind. Come on, somebody. God's glory is filling the house. I'm not going to be much longer. <laughs> but man, I tell you what, I can stand him. I, I'm, I'm feeling the presence of God. I'm feeling it. Praise God. Oh, man, I love it when it's like that. Sometimes I struggle, try to find words, but today I don't have much, much struggling because I know, I know what he wants. He wants us to worship him. He wants us to glorify him, come into his presence and to his courts with singing and praise, to honor him with our heart and life. Stop worrying about what Joe Blow is doing down the street. Come on, worry about us, uses. Right? Uses need to get in the presence of God. Like I said, if you look in the dictionary, there's no such word. Hallelujah. <laughs> we need to get in God's presence. And I, mean, I feel the presence of God. Hallelujah. Experience the glory of God. Then one of the seraphims in verse 6 said this. One of the seraphims flew to me, having in his hand a live coal. What he did? He went to the altar. And he took a coal from that altar. He grabbed him some tones, they say. And he grabbed it and he went and meet Isaiah. Come on, somebody. He went to Isaiah and he put it on his tongue. That coal represents repentance and the Holy Spirit. Because Isaiah just finished saying, I'm undone. I'm, I, I, my, I, I'm, I'm, I'm among people with unclean lips. My lips are not, uh, 
I can't. I'm not right. My God. So he goes and he grabs that coal from the altar and he goes to Isaiah and he says it this way. Watch. And he's, and he's touched my mouth with it. Put it on his mouth, his tongue. Come on, somebody. Behold, this has touched my lips. What happened then? Your iniquity is all gone. <laughs> Your sins have been forgiven. Your sins have been purged. Come on, somebody. You're, you have been made right. You have accepted the sacrifice that was made for you. Your mouth has been made right. Your tongue has been made right. Your speech has been made right. My God. <laughs> when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you, you're going to change, <laughs> right? You're not going to talk the same way you always talk. You're not going to act the same way you've always acted. You're in God's glory, man. God is, you experience the presence of God in your life. He's come and shattered. He set his light upon you. He has made a covenant with you that he'd forgive your sins and wash you from all your iniquities. Come on, somebody. Put your sins as far as the east is from the west and put it in the sea of forgetfulness. Never. See, when the devil reminds you you sin, tell him he's a liar. Come on. I said, when the devil tell, reminds you of your sins, past sins, tell him he's a liar. Because my Bible says, God is purging me from all my sins. I've been made right. Now, there's still changing in our life. That old flesh, this right here has never been born again. The Bible says, Paul says, we have to crucify that flesh. That means we have to deny the flesh what it desires. If it's not, if, if what the flesh wants doesn't line up with this, what I'm telling you this morning, it's sin. And he wants us to hate people. He wants us to hold unforgiveness. He wants pride in our hearts. Satan likes that. And he makes you think you deserve it. You, de you got the right to have, feel that way. You don't have the right. Because if you're in the presence of God, come on, that mouth has changed. That, that heart has changed. That life has changed. And you've been forgiven. I tell you, I don't know about you. I feel the peace of God being saying that this morning. Because a lot of us in here and a lot of Christians has never got to that place where they accept the forgiveness of God. They accept, they, they go to church, they, they, they love the Lord, but they haven't truly trusted in that sacrifice. He put those coals on our tongue to change Isaiah. Because he just said, I, I'm a man of unclean lips. Right? Well, we're going to change that, Isaiah. You're, going to, you're coming into my presence. You, you see God. A lot of us are like that. We know God sitting on the throne. We can see him. But we will not accept his sacrifice. Close your Bible. I, I don't think I can. <laughs> Listen, Jane, come up here. I want to sing a song for you. And I want you to close your eyes and think about that. That temple, that glory, the presence of God this morning. Amen. I have no doubt that every one of you loves the Lord and born again in here, okay? But have you really trusted? And you know what? Flesh will, flesh will fight faith. Come on, somebody. I'm going to say that again. Flesh will fight faith. You can't. See, the, the, the flesh and the spirit are never going to agree together. They're always contrary. They're always at battle. I get up in the morning. I said that already. It's a minute of my eyes. It seems like the battle is starting. I got to make decisions on righteousness or unrighteousness. I got to ask myself a lot of times, is this God or ain't it God? We need to go in that presence where the train fills the place. The glory of the Lord is there. Take me past the outer courts.
to that holy place past the brazen altar Lord I want to see your face take me past the crowd of people the priest that sings your praise I hunger and I thirst for your righteousness but it's only found one place Take me in to the holy of holies. Take me in by the blood of the coals touch my lips here I am take me past the outer courts to that holy place past the brazen altar Lord I want to see your face Take me past the crowd of people. The priest sings your praise. I hunger and I thirst for your righteousness. But it's only found one place. Take me Remember, to get in God's presence, amen, your heart has to be right. You have to step into His presence with a pure mouth, a pure heart. To get into the holy place, you have to be right. Best the crowd of people. The priest to sing your praise. I hunger and I thirst for your righteousness, but it's only found one place. worship a minute praise God let's give God praise and glory this morning the mountains surround Jerusalem so the Lord surrounds his people as the mountains surround Jerusalem so the Lord surrounds his people Ready, Mom? surround us oh Lord my God surround us oh Lord we 
present. Yes. <laughs> My God. Oh, Lord, sing it, Jan. As a mountain surround Jerusalem. Surround us again, yeah. Surround us, Let your train fill this house, Lord. Let your glory fill this house in your presence. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your very spirit living in me. Yes. <laughs> this is my daily bread. This is my daily bread, your very word spoken to me. This is my daily, this, this is there I bring.
Ain't God good? Amen. That's, that's the Holy Ghost this morning. Praise God. I thank God for this morning because it, I'm telling you what, I, see, I feel such a closer relationship with the Lord just this morning. God wanted us to know we can be close. We can see his face and step into his presence. Amen. I think today, it's a close. So many people are neglecting that. Church has just become something, a, a culture for them. There's no real need to get close to God because the preacher will tell them what they need to do. Or they'll sing the right song. No, it's much more than that, praise God. It's, it's a stepping into his presence. And to know in our, our God, we can see him face to face, praise God. This is a powerful being, like I said, this, this God thing we call God. And his glory fills the whole earth. I mean, I thought about that lately. I know I haven't. Till he revealed some stuff to me this morning. My glory fills the whole. God ain't, God ain't void of what's happening on the planet. His glory fills the whole earth. He's touching lives every day, every day, every day. All over this world. And right here in Coda Homes. The same God that delivered Moses and the children of Israel delivers us. The same God that delivered Daniel from the lion's den. The same God that delivered Paul and Silas from that prison that day. Is the same God we serve. And he never lost his power. He never lost his glory. He never lost his majesty. He's still as powerful as the day he said in the beginning, God said, let there be. <laughs> and everything came because of the voice of God, the power of God, the glory of God. God, God. But there's one part of that creation story that got me. He said, let there be light. <laughs> Somebody say, Lord, let there be light. In my life. Amen. Because you remember, the light wasn't created a fourth day. I mean, the sun and the, and, the, and, the, and the moon. But he said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Where it was out form and void and darkness was on the face. And God said, let there be light. <laughs> light was on the first day. But there was no sun. There was no moon. I don't know. I think Jesus was that light. <laughs> Amen. I think Jesus was the glory. I think Jesus was the power of God. <laughs> I don't want to get off into something else. <laughs> let's get up and let's pray. Amen. How many believe that the Lord was here this morning? Let's stand up. And don't leave thinking this was a good sermon. Because if you don't leave going in the presence of God, if you don't leave with the Knowing you've been in God's presence and you've looked in his face, you know what I'm saying? You said, God, it's, I'm going to get there. I'm going to be. I'm, I, I, you know, Isaiah was a mighty prophet, but he claimed himself to be of unclean lips. Remember, he was a, he was a prophet of God, but he didn't count himself worthy to go into that place, to step into that glory. But God says, I'll put that coal on your tongue which was a symbol of repentance. Because remember that where you got that from the altar. That's where the, that's where the sacrifice was made. If Jesus is in your heart, you, you're worthy. You can go into God's presence. Your life has been changed. Amen.